Why did these particular items that you've isolated here stick out in your head? Okay, yeah. All right, so uh, I'm going through chapters. I'm, I'm doing my reviews. I, I actually finished the, um, the online unit, and uh, certain things just kind of keep jumping out at me to kind of ask myself what's next. So um, I, I'm trying to understand exactly what dual agency means to a real estate um, associate. Excuse me, if I said that right, a sales associate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dual agency doesn't exist. It does not exist. It is illegal. The word agency oh. implies that you have a relationship with someone. So dual agency was a concept back years ago to where if you listed a piece of property and back years ago, it was traditionally um, the way it was run or the way it was operational is that you listed a piece of property, you had a fiduciary responsibility to represent the seller because of the contractual agreements that you signed. And the only reason that they had that contractual agreement or that fiduciary was because they wanted to get paid. Mm. That's the only reason it existed. They'll tell you all kinds of other things out there, why it's there because of the protected consumers. No, it was to make sure that the agent who listed the property got paid a commission. Now, when I had my franchise, I won't mention the one with the gold jackets years ago, um, we were basically a listing company. That was what companies did. You went out and listed property in this uh, genre of representing the seller. So you procured the listing, put it into the MLS, and then every other broker in the MLS could show that property based on the agreement that you had with the seller. The seller agreed to pay a commission to the listing agent, and then the listing agent would put it into the MLS and say, look, Mr. Brokers, bring me some buyers. The sellers agreed to pay us. That was called sub-agent. So the seller had actually two agents representing them. They had the listing agent, and then they had this kind of sub-agent out there. And I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll get into the dual agency aspect of it. But this other agency who had no contact with the seller and pulled up the listing and said, hey, Vin, I want to show your listing. Great. So I know I'm going to get paid. Yeah, yeah, it's in the listing agreement. So that's where that system of agency occurred. So I, I guess maybe my misconception, um, you know, when I was going through the online material, um, if if I'm working for Vinny Brokers yeah. and... Um, and I'm one of the sales associates. Right. Um, and, and I go ahead and find the buyer and the seller. Right. Um, That's dual and, agency. Okay, it is. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then they have to sign an agreement. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming, I think, if I remember right, uh, the broker has to provide them with, hey, listen, I'll, uh, I'll be fair and honest, mm -hmm. um, but um, I can not represent both of you, but I can do, I can do the deal. Right. Here, here's the issue. Real estate agents, the associates, or the broker associates who work for a broker, do not have any listing contracts or agreements with sellers. Never. Or buyers. Never. It is the broker who has an agreement with sellers and buyers. The agents have no contract with sellers or buyers. They have a contract with their broker to market and advertise and promote the broker's listings. That's the misconception out there. The agent doesn't have a contract. The contract is with the broker and the agent. And the broker says, yeah, go out and list stuff. And by the way, I do own those listings. That, that kind of brings me to my next um, you know, question about sure. understanding the broker relationship a little mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. um, so a no broker relationship, yeah. What does that mean then? Basically, it's a buyer beware, seller beware. Hey, both, 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 both the buyer and the seller, 
I don't work for either one of you. I'm working for my own best interest as the broker. So there's no relationship with the buyer. There's no relationship with the seller. And how does that come about? Uh, it doesn't because if, if you were a consumer, you go, okay, then why am I paying you all this money to be nobody's agent? Huh. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's, um, it's in the statute because, again, back in the 90s, we had this big shift of doing away with this thing called sub-agency, where the other agent from another office um, represented the seller. And sellers go, well, I don't want that vicarious liability. I don't know what they're telling the buyer. And the broker goes, well, the listing broker goes, I don't know what your agents are telling them. So you know what? We're going to stop it at the door. And that's where buyer agency in the late 80s, early 90s, where I started jumping and going... I don't want that liability also. I don't know anything about the seller. You know, I'm basically going in blind when I when I when I look at a listing. I am I am relying on the information that you have posted in the MLS as being accurate and correct if I'm representing the buyer. Anything that you fail to put in there or disclose, it's on you, not me as the outside broker. So that's where we got this. This whole no broker relationship. Yeah, the broker relationship things have been shifting in the last 15, 20 years to where at one time in Florida, they changed the entire statute to where we were all facilitators. There was no agency. There was no single agent, no dual agent, no transaction broker. Everyone was a facilitator. That lasted about two years because consumers were going, well, if you're just a facilitator, why am I paying you I these freaking fees? That's right. I should that's just right. pay you a fee to go do something for me and leave me alone. And that blew up in their face. So that's when they started doing this song and dance where, well, we're going to be transaction brokers. It sounds official. But if you really it, read this, if you read the statute specifically into 475, it says there's no obligation to owe any fiduciary responsibilities to buyers and sellers. You're on your own. So everything I say and do, I will use against you. So that's a little bit where dual agency came in, you know, and the only place that you can practice legally dual agency is in commercial transactions. They, they made that cut out where the, the buyer and seller have assets of a million dollars or more. Where that threshold came in, I don't know. It's still kind of hokey. And I, and, and I understand that, you know, if you have a large commercial real estate company and you've got some agents out there that are pounding the beat and bringing in all these listings, and on the other side, you got agents who have buyers who don't want to list, it's like a broker saying, okay, this side of this office, you're all listing agents. And then this side of the office, you're all going to work with buyer agents. And you can't talk to each other. That makes it real hard to do business. Uh, yeah. You can't put that Chinese wall up and say, okay, you can't cross the Mason-Dixon line. You guys stay on this side. Yeah. You guys stay on that side. Uh, and, and the other one that, that always cracks me up is I see these advertisements out there, teams. You, you see them on, in, in all the publications. Oh, I'm on so-and-so's team, and I'm on so-and-so's team. I go, right, right. well, again, it goes back to the contract is with the broker. With the broker. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has been it has been one of those thorns in my ass for the last thirty years. I feel that if I am supposedly going to be representing you, I want it clear and distinct that I don't have any conflict of interest. Well, I, I think that's that, you know that's fair. Uh, you know that's that's part of some of the tenets that I, I read earlier uh, is, is to be honest and, and fair and. Mm -hmm. and you know, have that fiduciary responsibility as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that transitioned us into a non-representation right. versus single agent. 
Right. So how do you transition? Uh, you know, you learn stuff about the seller or the buyer, and then you say, well, I got to transition to no rep. Well, wait a minute. I told you all of these things. You've divulged stuff to me that I shouldn't be telling you. Is, it, is that really to protect a broker? It's to protect the commission. Oh, it, it, yeah. it always, I, I've, I've gotten based it on that. It always is to protect the commission. It has nothing to do with consumer rights or agent rights. It's to make sure that you get paid somehow, some way. Sure. Gotcha. Then, and then of course, a single agent is probably the most clear cut yes. broker. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's probably ideal when you're, when you're from a customer standpoint. Um, so first of all, most people don't buy as many houses as, <laughs> uh, you know, as maybe you or I, um, you know, they move a few times in their life, and usually those are the largest expenses they ever partake in. Right. Uh, so tons and tons of information, very overwhelming from a customer standpoint that's not familiar with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I think from from maybe a, a novice buyer or seller standpoint, that's where the single agent really makes it easier for them to uh, do the transaction. Yeah, I, and and I can I can guarantee you that if you talk to agents out there. They will never, ever want to be a single agent. They're going to want to play in that transaction broker status. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's for the commission, protect their commission. It is. It is. Is You know, how do I get paid? I said, well, you put it into the contract and you will get paid. But I have a listing contract. Well, I hate to tell you this, but the moment that the buyer and seller go into an agreement, that listing agreement is null. It's over. The, the listing agreement is their obligation, the seller's obligation to sell the property. The next phase is to bring a ready, willing, able parties together. And once you have the two parties together, pretty much whatever was in that listing agreement is now gone. Now you're into a contract which you're negotiating the price and the terms and the conditions in. And again, that right, right. They, they always make reference back to the listing contract. And I said that listing contract ended when the buyer and seller agreed on to terms. If the seller agreed to sell it for 100000 in the MLS and they get a $95,000 price, it negates the listing. It's a whole new number now. We've negotiated a different price in terms based on negotiations, not what was in the listing contract. Because it said $100,000, i am not going to get a commission on hundred. I'm going to get a commission on ninety-five because that's the contract that was negotiated between all the parties. So if I'm a, if, if I'm a broker, yes, um, and so it's it's in my best interest to be a transaction broker then, so I can I can represent both. Yes. And is that right? It is. The law says you can do that. But again, it, it's a very grayish area. And as soon as someone makes reference to buyers and sellers as a client, you've moved from that no brokerage relationship or transaction broker to a fiduciary because the only person to have clients are people who have fiduciaries. And if they read the term, what the term means in fiduciary under Florida statute, it means that you have loyalty to only one party. And in a transaction brokerage, you have loyalty to both parties. Right. Okay. Here, here we go. We're, we're going to transition, I guess, into the, um, the next uh, two questions, really. Yeah. And, and so what I really like to discuss is, you know, agent broker, broker mm-hmm. association, and property management relationships. Okay. You know, so I understand that there's no property management license per se. Correct. You know, so Correct. you can get a, get a go-getter, get them out there and, and do leases and, and, um, you know, manage property, take care of the maintenance, you know, collect the check, that type of stuff. Um, 
But why do they have to be under a broker? Because or, it has. Or do they? I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. If you're doing it for somebody else, let's let's boil it down to, you're in a brokerage office, you're a sales associate, your broker says, yeah, you can do some real estate management, but you're limited in the scope of your duties. If a friend of yours says, look, you know, I want you to lease my house, the broker says, no problem. Again, all contracts in that office belong to the broker not the broker. agent. So your friend says, look, I'd like you to lease it. The broker says, fine, we'll put it in our rental management system. So the broker then is responsible for collecting the rents, the escrows, the deposits, any repairs, any maintenance. Now he can pay you fees to do some of those services at, based on their broker management contract with the owner. They can pay you to do that, but you can't as an individual agent go out there and bird dog your own management stuff. Because it has to do with real estate. You're, you're, you're transferring an interest in real estate to someone else. You're giving someone the right to use a piece of property. And under 475, it, it, go ahead. Yeah. What if you were a, okay, so you're, if you were a inactive license status sales associate, would you be able to bird no. dog and do your own no. property management? No, because it's real estate. Okay. Any, anything that touches real estate in any shape, way, or form you got to have a license. That's a, that's a broker. Now, yeah, if you did a, not have a real estate license, you can manage all the properties you want as long as they're yours. The moment you step over the line and start doing it for other people and get paid, 475 drops into the law and says, ah, got to have a real estate license. Oh, and you got to have a broker. Okay. Well, that makes sense uh, you uh, know, when you put it like that. Yeah, because again, you're dealing with people's real estate. It's a big asset and they don't want, you know, and there are companies that advertise, you know, we'll manage your property and yada, 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 come to find out that basically they're not licensed in any shape, way or form. And now you're allowing them to collect monies, rents and deposits, and there's no guarantee they're going to be gone. The biggest example of that is timeshares, you know, <laughs> they're the biggest scam artists out there in the freaking world and they are licensed. You know, the agents who sell those timeshares have to be licensed in Florida. I'll give you a, a short summary. Oh, gosh, about four or five years ago, I got an email from a lady asking me why I was asking her to deposit her escrow check for a timeshare in a Mexican bank account. And I, I said, ma'am, I don't do timeshares. And could you send me the information? So someone had pirated my real estate broker's license in Orlando, used a phony Dropbox with a big, you know, they had a big brochure with a fancy office, and this is our suite. They had used my name and my broker's license to collect wow. funds, and they were totally offshore, and there was no way to catch these mothers. Wow. Oh, yeah. And this yeah, is going on. This is going on right now. Somebody else's real estate broker. What they'll probably do is go through the FREC website, the Florida Real Estate Commission website, look for brokers' names, maybe an independent small little broker who's active, and they go, there's no way of knowing that information. They just, you know, cop your license number and your information, put up a phony account, and you have no clue. Had this lady had not called me. So we tried to get, you know, the investigators to go there, but there was nothing there. There was no no. There was nothing in the building. There was no known address. They were just using you know, as a drop address. Could I mean, this, this is obviously something that would involve the um, the freck, wouldn't it? Yeah, but they could. There was no way to catch these guys because they weren't even in the country. They were doing everything remotely. Wow. Had it not been, she called me to say, "Well, I, you know, I was really concerned because they wanted her because she was trying to sell her timeshare. They wanted her to prepay, you know, hundreds of dollars." I go, "Man, yeah. don't send them any money." Right. 
And yeah. it was a scam. Well, well, good on you for taking care of her. That's for sure. Well, it was. Um, it scared the crap out of him. Going, holy crap! And there's no way. There's. You could go on the Freck website tomorrow, grab my real estate license number, and you know, put up a website and you know, start ripping people. I mean, there's no. There's no way to monitor that. Well, so you know, there's you know, we can't. We're we're jumping. Um, Jumping a little bit yeah. to probably another topic that you need to have a special on, I, I would recommend is, you know, cybersecurity for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from 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 a broker sales associate uh, standpoint, right. how do you protect yourself and your interests um, against cyber criminals? Because really, that's yeah. that's a whole other yeah. know, spectrum of warfare. Oh yeah. Well, um, look at the big scam they're doing now. They're stealing people's equities of their homes. They're 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 going in and they're getting fraudulent documents prepared where deeds are being transferred on property. They'll do a search to see it's free and clear, so there's no debt on it. Then they come up with a phony contract. They transfer the deed into a holding company, and they suck out your equity. And all of a sudden, you be, find out you're being foreclosed on when you didn't have a mortgage on your property. There's no That's way it's scary business. It is, and, and, and the internet has caused a lot of that stuff over the last 10, 15 years. So I don't know how, as a real estate person, you could protect yourself from unscrupulous people. I mean, nasty people are going to do nasty stuff. They'll find a way around yeah. it. You know. Well, I mean, it's you know. Technology is great, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know. But you know, any anything in the wrong hands can, uh, you know, turn out to be a, a bad element. So, right. Uh, the kind of kind of maybe along the same line, but more about um, trying to be. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a huge proponent of cost efficiencies and cost effectiveness, mm-hmm. and so. Um, hopefully in a week or two or however long uh, my process takes to get my exam complete, um, I'll be a licensed uh, sales associate and I'll be on on the look for a brokerage uh, firm. So I, I'm currently an LLC mm-hmm. uh, as an individual, you know, my wife and I mm-hmm. uh, on our on our side business. Right. Um, so if I am now Dan LLC, you know, realtor for pick a broker. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I understand that I can be an LLC sales associate. Right. And I'm kind of curious if there's a tax advantage or a retirement advantage uh, of having, it's basically a pass through. So I'm not sure if you would know any of this stuff, but I'm just kind of curious. Yes. And no, I've been a sub chapter S my entire career. I never did the LLC uh-huh. stuff. I've been sub chapter S forever, you know, and I let my accountant deal with all of that stuff. Right. So I didn't get into the LLCs. So I, I don't. A, yeah, another. It's probably very similar to the uh, S corp that you yeah. that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so I understand um, that you can set up a like a an IRA mm-hmm. um, under your S corp, mm-hmm. and so when you get paid, X amount goes automatically to that from your S corp. So, um, and that's part of your companies yeah. um contribution Compens- yeah to contribution yeah system. yep yep and yeah. Co- yeah so so all those things are kind of possible it's just uh trying to figure out what works for yeah you just finding a vehicle that you think is going to fit your needs and wants for now and into the future and sitting down with a tax advisor and say okay here's my plan I'm, I'm a sales associate now in a couple of years i want to become my own brokerage we may have different parts of the company. We may have a management company. We may have a building company. You know, would I be better off just going ahead and do the subchapter S now and then have divisions within that company later on? Uh, you know, I had I had my brokerage in the subchapter S and I had my school in subchapter S, so they were all within the one company. 
it just made it simpler tax wise. It just everything yeah. everything went into the one pot and you know, we just yeah. divided yeah. it out that way. No, that's that's, <laughs> that's a good idea. Um and I, I think okay, so I'm the newbie here, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm really trying to dig in. Yeah. Um you you need to protect your family, I mm-hmm. think. Um, yep. Because again, there are bad actors out there yep. and, and they could steal your broker's license, you know, for instance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you might get sued in return yep. for um, some fraudulent activity. You could get caught up in something that you, you know, that you may be innocent of. Yep. But in the meantime, if you maybe didn't have this S Corp or I didn't have an LLC, right. um, there could be all sorts of implications on your personal asset. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, maybe that's just kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. If that might be a smart move on my part. Yeah. I tell people, you know, sit down with the tax person that you're dealing with and say, look, here's where, here's where I am today. Here's where I plan on being in two years, four years, five years down the road. What's our best course of action. I don't want to have to change midstream. And like I said, I, I did the sub chapter S geez, years and years and years ago. And I kept it that way. It was just simple for me. And you know, when I pass, then the stock will be transferred to my heirs if they don't piss me off. And you know, <laughs> you know, there you go. And nothing changes. You know, the, the they just get a new broker license and and you know move on, and nothing changes. It's just you know put a new person in there. It, yeah, it definitely um, reduces the complication of um, a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sole proprietors out there, and and that's great, you know. But if you've built something or you know accumulated some stuff, you know, you you don't want it to just end up in in tax heaven forever and someone you know taking right. all your money. I mean, exactly I'm, at, right. I'm I've added now the podcasting into that. You know, my cousin Vinny Network is now added into the into the mix, and so you know, I'm I'm trying to find someone in my family who who's got the ambition. <laughs> it's kind of hard to find some. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I understand. Well, super. Well, I, I think you um, pretty much drilled into most of my questions for this session. Yeah. Um, so the dual the dual a- the dual agency is something that's you know it's unfortunate. It 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 still is kind of practiced, but not promoted. Uh, you know, agents who I I I, I see on Facebook or uh, other mediums. Well, I listed this house today, and I sold it for five thousand dollars more than it was listed for. And they, I was the, I was the buyer agent, listing agent. I'm going, okay, who did you serve, the buyer or the seller? Nobody. You served yourself. I, I just have, I have a real deep um, commitment to fiduciary. Sure. You know, and and when you get into the the chapters on uh, complaints filed against brokers, oh, I got a couple of doozies. I can, I can, I can tell you about. I've had. Local boards of realtors come after me over the years. I've had clients file complaints to the real estate commission against me over the years. And unfortunately, in most of those cases, someone lied. And guess who still has a license? Right. right. Well, I, I, you know, as my wife says, if, if, you, if, you, if you do it right the first time, you can't go wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. And if, and if you, you know. tell the truth, this truth is the truth. You don't have to come up with a fake story the next time. And you don't have to worry about remembering it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> one, one side note, um, if you yeah. will, entertain sure. me on this one. So, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm trying to build three properties, three lots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I'm not a licensed real estate associate. Mm-hmm. I'm not a broker. Right. I'm technically an You're the owner. owner yeah. builder. Yep. Um, and I could do a for sale by owner. Absolutely. Also, yes, sir. And on, on, on all three of them. Yes, sir. Um, of course, it might be a little bit harder marketing, but it, you know, there, there's ways. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, just uh, any any thoughts or um, on that? If I get my license next month, um, then it's you're sti- I don't then, have a broker. Then the status changes. You can still for sale by own it. And if you don't have a broker, you're an inactive sales associate. You still have to disclose that you have a license. And that's all you got to do. Say, hey, look, I got a license. It's inactive. I'm not working with a broker. These are my own personal properties. You know, let's do a deal. That, right. that, that's perfectly, you know, legit. I mean, you're not, you're not violating any laws. You're disclosing up front that, look, I just got my license. I'm inactive. I don't have a broker, but I'm selling my own stuff. Yeah, I guess there's pros and cons to all that. Yeah, there is. And I usually get that in the class. You know, well, you know, I want to buy and sell properties. Then then don't get your license. If that's what you want to do for the rest of your life is flip stuff every week, you can do that. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to step into the brokerage side of it, there are a few restrictions, but they're not that severe. As long as you disclose, 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 you're fine. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, you want to be up and up because you want to be able to sleep at night. You know, yeah, you have a conscious anyway. So, uh, no, I'm with you. Um, oh, it's been great. Appreciate it. I just wish I could figure out what I want to do when I grow up. Well, you know, it, it's it's a process. Everyone goes through it. You know, um, a lot of people think that the, the the profession is glamorous. There there are frustrating times, like right now. You know, with all of the the turmoil that's going on in the country and the world. You know, being an agent trying to show a piece of property. Well, people are now stuck in their homes. They really don't want anybody coming in unless the property's vacant and on lockbox. Getting in to show properties is really tough. You know, and then some people now who had their properties for sale. I'm probably thinking, hmm, maybe I don't want to move to New York. That's right. You know, so there's going to be a transition period, I think, over the next four to six months. The market will recoup, will rebound. We will have plenty of activity. You know, looking at the state of Florida where we both live, you know, southeast Florida got clobbered down there. Look at Tampa, Orlando, Clearwater. Uh, it's, 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 it's humming along. I mean, we didn't get the, the impact that Southeast Florida did, but because of being a big international community, it got clobbered. Look at Orlando, Disney world, you know, the big, the big magnet. It didn't have as much devastation as the, the, the Southeast part of the state. Right. So I, you know, I foresee that, yeah, we're going to go through some hurdles over the next, uh, four to six months. Will there be um, a disclosure uh, coming out that if someone had corona in the house, because years ago, the whole thing was about HIV, they made it so oh, that, yeah. you know, you don't have to disclose that. Everything. Well, yeah. you, they, you don't have to disclose it because it's not, it's not relevant to the property. So the same with corona. I think at some point, you know, there's going to be someone's going to bring a lawsuit. Well, how do I know they didn't have corona? Well, you know, it was three years ago. Okay. It's not going to have corona now. So I think there'll be probably some legislation that'll be proposed that it's going to be just like the HIV. Hey, look, it's irrelevant. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with the property. You know, right. you know, people die in houses. Do you have to disclose that? No. I used to have, I used to, I shouldn't say this, but you know, the old Northeast of St. Pete, the old houses there. I said, yeah, these are old people. They all died here. And then you, know, you see people, fr- I got, come on, get, you know, get a grip, <laughs> you know, but some people are, 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 are apprehensive and, and stigmatized by some stuff like that. And then uh, that's understandable. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. We're all different. Yeah. So where where are you? Where are you in the material now? Uh, so I've completed all the material. Okay. Um, this morning, actually. Okay. And I instead of I wasn't going to I stopped before the pre-test because I want to refresh. Yeah. Uh, from some of the earlier stuff. 
Uh, before I take the pretest. Well, if you want to go through some questions and answers and stuff like that before you do that, I'll be happy to do that. We can, you know, we can chit chat okay. and kind of see if you got the concepts down in your head. Okay, that'd be great. Um, yeah, you know, uh, sometimes you know, I I, I, <laughs> I travel a lot and I've been to like forty five countries and all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, so you know, sometimes you know, you got to taste the words. I I, I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see how they feel, and yeah. you're, you know, you roll them around your mouth, and you kind of get used to the vernacular a little yes. bit. Yes, yes. Um, you know, so it's just you know, catching up with the lingo, really. Yes, you know? yes. Well, let me. Let, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll I'll cruise through the book and um, go through some of the P's again, and um, take a look. I did buy the practice exam book, mm-hmm. um, and I'll I guess I'll I'll cruise through that, and then maybe I could make a note and if you want me to make a couple things for another session i can do that yeah we can do that um, as far as the state exam prep is that the textbook you got yeah that okay. actually just came the other day yeah it says real estate exam manual of sales associates the brokers the 37th, uh, 37th edition or whatever edition it is the newest yeah, edition yeah. yeah yeah i just i i, I thought it was going to be on a uh ebook but it's not it's a hard buck so i i got one coming and that's what i want to do is what we might do is is experiment with that and turn that into a podcast practicing for the state exam, how to read the questions. Well, you know, you, yeah, so you, you did scare me a little bit um, and, and in, in a good way, I guess, uh, because I, I did well. I mean, I, I think I, I pushed through this thing uh, relatively quickly, mm-hmm. um, you know, less really just two weeks. You know, I finished the 63 hours, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, I took notes and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. I even bought a notebook, like mm-hmm. I told you. And and, um, and some of the, if you're not paying attention, there's a one or two words or a rephrasing of, of something will mm-hmm. trip you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you say the state exam is actually tougher than those, that yes. means I need to really pay attention. Yes. Yeah. That, slow down a little bit. That's why I want to refresh. Yeah. We may do that. We may make that into the exam prep is actually I'll prep you for the exam. We'll go through that entire manual like I would do in a two-day seminar. We can do it maybe, you know, in blocks of two or three-hour blocks of material. And so that it'll help you get through. Again, what I said the very first time in the back of the book is the glossary. If you don't understand what those words mean, um, it's going to be tough. It's just like when you went to all these countries, you had to learn the terminology, the words, because things don't translate across borders sometimes. No, they don't. (laughs) And certain gestures might mean that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm not sure in your schedule. If if you want to pick a time and date and do something, then we can do it. Okay. Um, And then, yeah, so that's just my uh, shtick. I'm I'm pretty flexible right now. for the most part. So, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Well, this is great. I really, I mean, it's kind of fun, um, you know, and, and it's kind of nice talking to, you know, you, you know, more of a mentorship thing, um, you know, kind of going through this. So yeah, it's good. It's fun. <laughs> well, uh, you, you got it. Did you go in for your fingerprints yet? You got that coming up. Uh, Monday. Monday? Morning, okay. Mm-hmm. So you got everything else done, right? The print's the last thing you got to do other than finish the course. Right. Okay. And I, so once I take, uh, I can probably finish the exam tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but, but, um, and then we can do the, um, 
you know, the state prep uh, at our schedule, whatever mm-hmm. works for you. Yep. Well, I got I got to order a new book. Yeah, I got to order a new book now that it's not an ebook, and my my book is not outdated. But I want to get the most current one because they do put a a few new changes in them. Which one do you have? Oh, it's like thirty five. An older. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's been yeah, and, and usually they update statutes in there in the in the latest statute right. changes from year to okay. year. Okay. Well, just uh, you know, whatever works for you, you let me know, and um, we'll make it happen. Okay. Great. Well, nice, Thanks, Benny. Yeah, you're quite welcome. This this is fun. It's 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 not a class, but it 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 makes my my head work again. As you get older, you know, some some things just kind of like slip away. It's like, oh man, flip, flip off the damn cracker. I forgot what the hell that meant. It usually happens when I walk into a room and I forgot why I walk in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right on. Oh, good. Vinny. We'll we'll hope to talk uh, talk with you soon. Okay, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, this is Cousin Vinny. Our sponsor, FloridaRealEstateUniversity.com, meets state-mandated Florida real estate education, offering pre-licensed, post-licensing, and continuing education courses, so you can learn from the comfort of your home or on the road. Visit FloridaRealEstateUniversity.com today, and please take some time to visit our other sponsors at the CousinVinnyNetwork.com website. Without them, this network would not be possible. That's the CousinVinnyNetwork.com.